Listen, we have been in the series uh, Living on a Prayer. We're, we're looking at the Shema, right, where, uh, man, uh, where, uh, loving God with your heart and your soul, your strength. Jewish people would, would say that uh, multiple times a day. It's, it's an anchor for them. It was at the center of their relationship with the Lord. And so their, their prayer, that prayer is something that we live on today, hence the name Living on a Prayer. We, we live on that. That continues to be, uh, man, at the center of our foundation um, in our relationship uh, with Jesus. And so uh, last, the last couple of weeks, Steve was here and he shared a couple of messages to kind of kick off that series. And I had the pleasure of doing my part. And just so you know, I was, I was coming in today also and, and just worshiping, right? Because the Bible does say, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his course with prayer. So before I came here, I was worshiping and I just had a thought. I was like, you know, it is a privilege for me to get a chance to be up here before you guys and to share the word of God. And so I just want you to know that I count this a privilege and a joy, and I'm excited for this chance and this opportunity. But so what we're going to do today to give you kind of a roadmap of what we're going to do. So we're going to, uh, man, review some things. We're going to review where we've been. And then all I'm going to do is I'm going to um, expand on some of the things that Steve talked about um, in the past couple of weeks, and we'll see what new revelation um, the Lord might have for us uh, today. So before I dive into that, let me just say a quick prayer, and then we'll get started. Lord, we are grateful for this day. Lord, we're grateful for this opportunity that we have had to magnify your name, to worship your name, and to give you praise. And now, Lord, right now, we just are in need of you. Lord, we need to experience you. We need to, we need to hear from you. Lord, would you bring revelation to us today? Lord, would you open our hearts, Lord, uh, for what it is that you would want us to receive today? For how you may mold us, Lord, and how you may shape us to be more in the image of your son, Jesus Christ. So we thank you, Lord. We love you. We need you. We pray all these things in us in Jesus' name. Amen. So listen, so love the God, love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. And so, so I'm tasked today with talking about your mind, loving God with, with all your mind. And so when you think about love, and when you think about the mind, th those two things can seem um, antithetical because sometimes you think of intellectual thought as a barrier to love, right? We're so much in our head thinking about facts um, and it helps us, it prevents us sometimes from, from connecting. It, it prevents us sometimes um, from feeling. It prevents us sometimes from uh, realizing that man, love is, is something that you experience and not necessarily something that you, that you know or, or you think about um, in your head. So initially, it may not make sense when we say love God with all your mind. But I recently had an experience where I was like, oh, man, I am loving with my mind right now. So let me tell you what I'm talking about. And so, uh, man, some of you were here last week and realized that my wife celebrated a big birthday. And I'm going to say it because I can. She turned 40 uh, last weekend. Okay. <clears throat> and I, I say it because because, you know, people say, oh, you know, women don't tell age. But listen, it, 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 it's, a, it's an opportunity for people to know what favor looks like because I don't see 40 right now. I see like 25, you know, whatever. That's all the Lord, right? This is what favor, favor, hallelujah. See, I'm, I'm, still in that, I'm still going back 15 years ago. Okay. So anyway, so, so in that, right, so I'm, so I'm all in my feelings and my emotions, right? I have to, it takes me, it's a journey for me to get there, right? And so I'm thinking about our entire journey. We've been knowing each other for, for 18 years, and I'm thinking about, um, man, all the ways that I've experienced her, everything that we've, that we've been through. And then I also knew that, that I, wanted to, um, I wanted to post a reel 
of just photos throughout our journey, right? Some of you that, that don't know what a reel is, um, that's a, a social media, Instagram, Facebook, it's a video, right? So, um, so I wanted to post a reel with just all of our photos, and so I had to sift through, man, tens of thousands of photos over the past 18 years to get the 200 that, that I'm gonna pick from to go into this reel that I posted. Go to my Instagram, you'll see it. Um, and so anyway, I, I'm, I'm going through these pics, and so I just, I'll just share a couple with you um, and to take you back to see. So this is, listen, this is, so uh, number one, I hate the fact that the date stamp was there. Uh, digital camera back there just got on my nerves. And then some of y'all didn't know that that's how I lived the predominant, the predominant of my life was, was short, right? This is new, this is new. Um, just know when the summertime comes, it's going to be down. I'm going to be out of control. Just, I'm just letting you know. Summertime, listen to me. It's up now. It's coming down. I digress. So this is, uh, this is probably like, you know, one of our, I mean, this is early on in our relationship. We're definitely dating right now. Uh, in this picture, you can go to the next one. Um, uh, this is in Texas. Uh, look at the young Andrea Davis. Look at the, uh, you in the Davidson. I'm sorry. My bad. Uh, Andrea Francis. I hadn't put that ring on the yet, but it was coming pretty quick. You know, so I used so quite a long time ago. And so you look at those pictures. I'm looking at those pictures and just thinking about man, all that we've been through and all that we've gone through together. And and as I'm as I'm journeying back through these times, and I'm like, oh man, I'm. I'm remembering, like, oh, Andrea means a lot to me, right? I mean, if you would have asked me, do I love my wife, before her 40th birthday, I would have said yes. But, but, but now as I think about everything that we've been through, everything that we've experienced together, as I think about all the reasons why I love her, all the reasons why I chose her and asked her to be my wife, it, it just causes something to, to stir up in me. And although I love her now, it makes me want to love her more in the present, but I didn't get there until I thought about what we had been through. So, but all that is happening where? It's happening in my mind. And so that's how you can love with your mind because I know about Andrea, but the reality is the things that I know about Andrea, I'm included in her story. And sometimes I think when it's just intellectual, we don't place ourselves inside the story because we might not even be in the story, right? But I'm in her story. And I think about what we've been through. And it's like, oh man, she means so much to me. And so that's how I engaged with the mind and how I was loving her. And so what we'll find today is that that's also apparent. We see this in, in Deuteronomy, right? We'll be in Deuteronomy, again, chapter six. And so you can go to, it won't be on the screen. So you can go to your Bible uh, on your phone. You may have brought your Bible with you. If you don't have one, uh, there should be a, a Bible somewhere um, in, in the back of the pew in front of you. So um, we'll be in, in Deuteronomy chapter 6 today. Going through this again. <clears throat> so here's what it says. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words I command you today shall be on your your heart. And so, uh, so that's, that's what it is, your heart, your soul, and your might. And so, uh, but when you think about, I already told you, I'm, I'm talking about the mind today, but again, we, we addressed this before, but I'll do it again. The, the mind is not there, right? The mind is not there, but, but it is in, uh, in the book of Mark when Jesus talked about the Shema. Um, I'll just read it for you. It says this, and, and one of the scribes came up um, and heard them disputing with one another and seeing that he answered them well, asking him which commandment is the most important of all. 
Jesus answered, the most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And so, so here's the deal here. So in, in the Deuteronomy text, uh, when it talks about the heart, right, um, there's, a, there's a lot of things that is meant there, right? There's a lot of Hebrew words that, that have several different meanings. They're, they're, they're just rich in meaning. And so the heart in this verse in Deuteronomy would have been understood to mean um, uh, your emotion, your, your will, your desire, but also your, your intellectual capacity, your, your reasoning, also your, your emotions. All of that would have been understood to be involved when you talk about the heart. But, but what, what the, the writer did not want to confuse is, is this aspect of the mind, right? And so, so whether it was a translator or whether it was Jesus that didn't want this to be lost. And so um, and to be faithful to the word heart in its fullest meaning then, um, then the mind was included when we come to uh, the book of Mark and Jesus talking about the Shema. So just so you know, that's how that happened. It did, just didn't get inserted into there. It's trying to uh, man, be more explicit about the meaning of, of the heart and all that it entails. And so, okay, so now we have this picture. So last, last couple weeks, Steve talked about um, integration. <clears throat> He talked about integration, right? He talked about uh, there, was, there was a Venn diagram that he came up here and that he drew. Um, I'm not going to draw it. I'm going to put a slide up because uh, I'm not going to do that because uh, we're different. But just so you know, the real reason I'm not going to do it is I'm a perfectionist, okay? So what that means is I would be more distracted in trying to draw it than I would be in giving my sermon. So, uh, so I'm the one. I'm going to put it up there. You're going to put that up there. So, so here's what we, integration, right? You see the heart. You see the mind. You see the body. And then you see the middle. So where all those things come together is our soul. Our soul holds space for um, all those things to, to come together. And then our soul is, um, in the truest parts of who we are. It, it, it represents our being. It represents uh, uh, who we are as humans. Um, and it's also the aspect when we operate in the soul, it's where we experience the most joy, right, the most peace, because we're in touch with who we truly are. And the goal is <clears throat> for those three to be integrated so much that that soul enlarges, uh, enlarges, excuse me, and that's when we experience integration. But listen, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I'm not going to hold you, no cap, um, what the young people say. Um, you know, when, when, when I heard this the first time, uh, it, it, I was struggling. It took me a while uh, to process um, because I don't necessarily operate in this way all the time. Like, I'm just like, I'm, I'm a straight shooter. I'm, I got the, the thought in my mind, I'm going to just go. Like, so this idea of all this, it was just foreign to me. It just reminded me of something I would hear if I was doing yoga, right? It's just something that, that a yoga instructor would say to me. So, Inhale the heart and the spirit, and then as we go into the warrior pose, and then, um, and then as you integrate them all, you go into warrior two. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like something I'm, I had that in me, did you? Uh, I would have went lower. I don't want to split my pants. Um, but don't get it twisted. I do some yoga. But that's what it was like for me, okay? I didn't, I didn't get it necessarily. Bria helped me out. Thank you, Bria, for helping me along in the journey, right? But listen, but, but, but I was faithful to it. I didn't give up. So, so here's what I learned, right, as I dove deeper into Steve's message, right? This idea that, that man, as human beings, we are, we are complex. There are some complexities uh, to who we are, right? Uh, we're not just one thing, right? There's all these things that comprise us. 
and make us up. And then, and then we're not supposed to operate necessarily in primarily one of those things. We're supposed to operate in all of those things. Um, and then also this idea that, that I won't know truly who I am even apart from loving God in this way. Apart from integration, I can't even understand the, the, the greatest sense of even who I am, right? This idea of self. And so those are some things that, that, that I learned. And so now that we have these up here, we're going to dive into these. I'm going to dive into one today, which is the mind. But as we do this, just know that, that uh, um, just be realistic and know that, like, you, you probably, it's not a good idea to try to address all these in your life at the same time. Man, um, you just pick one, I mean, that you're probably weakest in, right? Because you're, there's probably one in particular. We're not perfect in all of them or any of them probably, but there's probably one in particular that, that you're probably the weakest in. And so as we go along in this journey, I just invite you to, um, I invite you to just pick one what, what the Lord is saying to is like, oh, I'm going to work on this one. So, for example, we were doing this sermon series, and, and, and we saw kind of the breakdown of how it was going to go. And, and I was supposed to do heart, and Bria was supposed to do mind. And we both looked at each other and was like, no, no, we're not doing that because I'm not hard. That's all you, Bria. That's not me. And then mine, that's probably my forte, right? Um, and then, like, for example, like, if you see me here in church and, and I look lost or dazed or confused or uh, something like that, I'm probably just in another world in my mind, right? Um, and then my, my, my wife looks at me and just like, boy, you are off. And that's how, that's what she kind of indicates that I need to bring it on back. And so, so that's where I'm at. I am someone that I am in my mind. And so as you think about this, just know that, uh, man, just pick one and see what the Lord is saying to you. But, but as we dive into specifically what I came here to talk about today, the mind, loving God with all your mind involves having this knowledge about God and who he is and how he loves you, right? So, th so that's in the way in which we are going to love God with our minds is, is engaging in who he is and how he loves us. And so Steve also talked about uh, disintegration, right? This integration, um, this idea where that sin uh, is working to disintegrate us, where, where those things are not together. So we have an enemy. The enemy is at work, and he's working to exile these parts away from, from our soul, right? Away from um, our truest self. And so real quick, um, if you look back uh, in, in earlier in Deuteronomy chapter 6, and you look at verses 1 through 3, uh, what, what, what you see there is you see that, that um, and the author is trying to give you an idea of the motivation, why you should love your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, right? So I look at verse 2 where it says, um, by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, in that your days may be long. Hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that, I'm, that it may go well with you, and that you may uh, multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in the land flowing with milk and honey. So, so, so what he's saying here is Moses is saying, like, yo, listen, love the Lord your God with all your hot mind, soul, and strength, so that things can go well with you, so that you will be Blessed so that your days will be long, so that you will prosper. So what Moses is describing, he's, he's saying, like, hey, there is the essence of the fullness of life that I, God, am trying to get, that I want you to experience. I created life. I'm trying to give you an idea of how this life is supposed to be experienced. Love me with everything that you have, and it will go well with you. So that's the motivation. But but sometimes 
we punt on God's invitation, right? And, and we live in a world where there's all kinds of things going on. We live in a world where, where everyone is not loving the Lord with all their heart, their mind, their soul, their strength. And so sometimes well, we see that, oh, it's easier for me to go over here and do this. It's easier for me to do this, right? And so what we have then is this exiling from these particular parts of who we are, our heart, our mind, and our body. They're exiled from, from who we are um, and who we're meant to be. Uh, and that's when we, we, we forfeit our soul so that we can experience these things over here that we think where we're going to have the fullness of life, but that's not what it is at all. And so I, I just think about this and how this can be our experience. And I think about people that, that are apart from the Lord, people that are trying to figure out things like who they are, their identity, people that are trying to figure out their purpose. But the reality is apart from the Lord, apart from knowing him, they will never have a, a, a grasping of who they truly are. And I just can imagine the the, the everything that happens on the inside of them as they experience this disintegration. I imagine the fact that mental illness may come from that. I would imagine the anxiety that comes from living like this. I, I, can't, I can't imagine uh, uh, what people may, may go through as they live in this disintegrated state. But the reality is, even for us here in this room, even for people that know the Lord, right, we also are susceptible to this, even if we are a follower of Jesus. Because there's always more in which we can love the Lord with everything that we have. And so we must push towards this. We must strive towards this so that we can experience that, that integration of the soul, so that we can experience the, the fullness of life. But the mind in particular is important for us to pay attention to because... Of this right here, uh, the, the journey to disintegration, the journey to, to what we just saw, it begins in the mind, right? That process that happened, the, the, the exiling of these parts of who, we, of who we are away from the soul, it begins with the mind. So, for example, you may be someone and you're involved in a relationship. could be with anyone. could be a spouse. could be a, a, a parent. could be a child. And, and you operate whether knowingly or unknowingly, you may operate from a place of, of selfishness where right things are all about you, or, or, or you may operate where you may think that you are better than those that are around you, um, or, or you may operate in a spot where you are a prisoner of your past, where, where you are experiencing things and they are triggering past hurts. And so if you're in a relationship with someone and you're operating from one of these places, right, every, every time someone may, may interrupt your agenda, which is from selfishness. Every time someone may not meet up to your standard, right, or every time someone may do something to you that triggers something from your past, right, every time that may happen, there may be a thought that happens in your mind. And that thought may be negative towards that person every time that things happen. And then eventually, after you have those thoughts over and over and over, you may erupt after entertaining those thoughts. And eventually, it may lead to you yelling at that individual. It may lead to you being mean to that individual. But it all began with what you allowed to linger 
in your thoughts. Okay, you, you may be someone else that, that maybe you've had a, a long day or you're experiencing a stressful season. You, and you come home and, and your body is telling you things that, that you have certain longings, you have certain desires, you, you just want to relax, you just want to unplug. And your mind begins to think about the things that can, that can lead you to those experiences. And, and you, as you think about those things, you say, oh, oh, yeah, those things are good. Those things will do the trick. And then eventually that lingers into your will and your desires. And then you engage in those things to escape or you engage in those things to unplug. You engage in those things to unwind. Thinking you're going to be fulfilled all the time, you're not going to be fulfilled ultimately, but it all started where? It all started with a thought in your mind. Or you may be someone that you've decided that, man, um, that your desire is to pursue uh, comfort or to pursue um, what makes you happy. You may feel like that is what life is ultimately about. I should, I should live a comfortable life. I should be able to be happy. But the question to you is, where did that come from? Where did that idea that that is what life is really all about, where did that originate from? Did you, did you see uh, 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 that message coming from, from some sort of media via uh, television, a show, or, or, or magazine, or, or, or music? Or is it something that you witnessed in, in your friends as you are living uh, your life and you have friends and you engage and see how people live their lives? And maybe you said that, man, that, that's, that's attractive to me and I want that for my life. Or, or maybe it has some aspect of your past that's involved where maybe you grew up and you didn't have a lot and, and things were challenging growing up. And you said in your mind that when I become an adult and I have the ability to make this happen for myself, I would not be like I was when I was a kid. Because I'm going to indulge in the things that will, will, will make me happy and I'm going to buy the things and have the security as an adult that I wasn't able to provide myself as a child. But where, where did that originate? And it originated in your mind. At some point in each of those scenarios, right, that eventually lead to the disintegration that we just talked about, that thing originally happened or its genesis was, was in your mind was in your mind. And that's why the, the Bible talks about the mind, right? And so some of these scriptures may be familiar to you, right? Romans 12, um, uh, verse 2 says this, Do not be conformed, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. Uh, another one, it, it won't be on the screen, but I'll just read it for you here in Philippians chapter 2. Verse 8 says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about those things. So the Bible is even explicit about this idea of our, our mind and our thoughts and the things that we, we should think about. So how do we do this? So how do we more specifically love the Lord with all of our mind, right? And so the, the Apostle Paul, he helps us out, right, in his, in his second letter to the church in Corinth, where Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. We destroy every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. The thoughts that, that, that I have in my mind, right, um, I, take, I take it captive, 
right? I, I put it, I, integri- I interrogate it, right? I, I put it in my custody so that I can examine it, and I put it up against the Word of God. I put it up against my knowledge of Christ. I put it up against the gospel and his love for me, and, and if it doesn't match up, then I, I, destroy, I destroy that thought. And so it just helps us to understand that, that we cannot be lazy when it comes to our mind. We cannot be lazy to the things uh, that we think about because, because what we think about, it matters. There, there's a, a need for us to guard our thoughts in the thing that we allow to enter our thoughts. Right? So I said earlier that, that, that loving God with all of our mind involves having knowledge about him and who God is and how he loves us. Right? So we should seek to align, right, align our thoughts um, and our knowledge of him so that we can love him and, and be loved by him, right? So to give a further application, um, I'm just going to emphasize some things that, that Steve said in the past couple of weeks. The first thing he talked about was in our, our core values, right, in the directions. One of those specifically was going backward, going backward. One thing I think about when I think about going backward, I think about my history with the Lord, I think about all the things that we've been through. I think about all the struggles, all the challenges that I've had. I think about all the ways that I've reached out to him, and I think about all the ways that he's come through. I think about everything that I experienced, and I know that if it had not been for him, I wouldn't be here. And not just, just like I was thinking about with, with my wife when I was celebrating her, I do the same thing with the Lord because we have history. We've been some places together. And, and I would imagine, I don't know all the stories of, of people in the room, but, but can I say the fact that you're here today is a victory. And I just want to say that, that, that there's things that you've experienced that had it not been for the Lord, you wouldn't be here right now. And so you can even engage in this as well, because what has the Lord done for you? And so think about this idea of us going backward, but we also think about um, Scripture. Because if, if, if we have a thought and we, and we identify, okay, this, this is not in alignment with the gospel. This isn't in alignment with, with what I've experienced. And so we destroy that thought. So we then must have a thought to, to replace it with, right? So that's why us engaging in Scripture, that's why us being in the Word of God is so important. So when we have time in the Word, when we maybe do our devotional, when we do our quiet times or, or, or spend time with the Lord, however you want to phrase it, it's not necessarily something that I'm doing to, to check off a box or to scratch something off my list. It's not something necessarily that I'm doing um, I'm out of routine. Like, no, I'm in the Word of God for a purpose. Because the thoughts that are in my mind that don't align, I destroy that thought and replace it with the Word of God, right? And then also, let's understand this. Let's understand that the Word of God in and of itself has power, right? You're you're in darkness. You don't know where to go. You feel lost, right? The Word of God says, it is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my where my Bible readers at this morning, right? A light into my path. Thank you, Cameron. I appreciate it. You know what it is. You understand the assignment. So, so right, the, the, the word of God says we are trans, we just read this in Romans. We are transformed by the renewing of our mind. We literally can become something different than where we are today because of the word of God that we that we uh that we uh, saturate our minds with. We can be renewed. We can be different. We can be a, a person that, that we don't even know that, that the Lord has purposed us to be because with a renewing of our, our minds, right? Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth 
of the Lord. So even if I don't have the things in my life that, that I feel will satisfy, that I feel will fill me up, right? Even if I, I take away the things of this world, the Bible, the, the Bible says that the word of God will sustain me. The word of God will edify the most crucial part of who I am, which is my soul. The word of God has power and it's crucial as we engage in loving the Lord with all, with all our minds. So that's the first thing going, going backward. And so what Steve also talked about um, was these, these vows, of the, vows of the soul, right? He talked about attune. He talked about uh, embody. He talked about integrate, order, and he talked about hurry. And so, so two of these I'll focus on, right? And this is going to help us in our journey to love the Lord with all our, our minds. So when I think about attune, I think about, uh, man, uh, knowing what the Lord is doing and also knowing what the Lord is saying to me, the, his, his, his voice in my life, I want to be attuned to that. I want to know what the Lord is saying. I want to know what the Lord is up to, right? Sometimes that can be challenging. Sometimes it can be hard for us to know what that is. Sometimes we may be in a position to where we say, man, I don't feel like the Lord is speaking to me. But the reality is this, the Lord is speaking to you all the time. The Lord is all, regardless of your earthly and carnal experience, the Lord has something that he is up to. The Lord is always doing something behind the scenes. So how can we increase our awareness of it? Man, so God is so slick and he's so, he just, he's just so incomprehensible. So what he does is if he creates us with these things called emotions, and so what our emotions do, um, I just think of a quote from my man Eric Moore. He's a, he's a pastor in Austin, good friend of mine. I heard them say this once. Our, our emotions are an indicator, not a dictator. Sometimes we allow our emotions to dictate the things that we do. Sometimes we operate a lot out of emotion, um, but that's not always wise. Our emotions are an indicator. So the Lord made us with emotions to get our attention. So if you're experiencing a negative emotion, it's like, okay, wake up. What's going on? Now's the time. It's the signal. Let me examine my thoughts. How did I get here? Why am I feeling sad? Why am I feeling angry? Why am I feeling this way? Um, because I experienced a negative emotion. It, it gives me cause to pause to say, like, oh, I need to figure out what's going on. And so while we can't examine all of our thoughts, that's unrealistic. But once we experience some type of negative emotion, it makes us stop and we say, oh, man, let me, let me examine what's going on here. This is a thought I need to capture. This is a thought that I need, I need to um, interrogate, right? And so as we do this, we, we are in the process of, of becoming um, attuned. But then I also say this, even if you have a positive thought, even if you have a moment where you're experiencing an amazing sense of joy, an amazing sense of happiness, that's also a signal for you to stop and pay attention. Why? Because you need to understand what is going on and your thoughts that's causing you to experience that, that positive emotion. Why? Because the Lord is trying to tell you who you are. He's trying to say, hey, that gives you joy because I made you that way. Come on, y'all. So you can know more about what the Lord has, has done for you and how he's made you. And you can lean into this more, right? Uh, I'm sorry. I, so real quick, I had a, a guy, he was, I, was, I was coaching him, and he was, he was like, man, I had a conversation with my, with my sister and my family, and I realized that they gave me so much joy. It made me, it made me so, so, so much happier. So, so guess what? I'm going to do those things more. 
So now because he captured it and was like, oh, what's going on here? So now I'm going to intentionally say, oh, let me place this in my life more because my life, my, my, my God made me to be connected to my family. This brings me joy. So I can experience a better quality of life because I lean into who God made me to be. So you, you, so you examine the, not just the negative thoughts, but also the positive thoughts in our journey to be integrated. Okay. Uh, the next one that I want to talk about is this idea of being um, unhurried. And so, uh, man, in society today, this idea of, of overworking and us working hard, sometimes it can be even seen, um, man, as a, as a badge of honor, right? Um, because we work so hard, I think we, we say, hey, look at me and how hard I'm working. Look at how I've distinguished myself and gotten everything that I want in life because I'm working so hard. Look at what I'm doing. And so we put a badge of honor and celebrate us working so hard in this, in this culture, right? Hustle hard. I'm grinding, all this kind of stuff, right? But the reality is, is it only perpetuates these, these unhealthy habits in our life, right? I love this quote from Pete Scazzaro. Um, Pete said this. I just think it's a brilliant quote. He says, he says, often we have larger fantasies and wishes for ourselves than our real lives can support. And as a result, we work frantically trying to do more than God intended. So we have an idea of, of, of what we want to do and what we intend for our lives. But sometimes God says, no, that's not for you to do. That's for me to do. And we spend all our time, we spend time working, grinding, uh, uh, stressing, pushing past our boundaries when the Lord never meant for us to do that in the first place. He, he created those boundaries for you to understand, okay, this is where you stop and this is where I begin. This is where you uh, stop doing things in your own strength and then this is when you start trusting me and you may renew your strength. Right, and so, but the thing is, as long as we have this hurried lifestyle, as long as we're moving so fast, we never have the opportunity to stop and to slow down and to do what? Capture our thoughts. Listen, if you have a lifestyle that is hurried, and I know there are seasons, don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. There are seasons, yes, but, but, but if you, um, if, this, if this is something that marks your life, this, this fast-paced living, understand that you're not giving yourself a good shot of living an integrated life. Because you have to, to live life at a pace to where you can pause and stop and reflect. Yo, yo, what's going on? Like, why am I experiencing this? That's the pace at which life is meant to be lived so that we can capture our thoughts, so that we can meditate on the, on the word of God. But when we live such a hurried pace, we experience these negative emotions, right? And we have these negative thoughts that we allow to play in our heads over and over and over, and we just keep going. And then we find ourselves in a spot, and it's like, man, how did we ever get here? And then you have a culture that even celebrates the hurriedness, and so we don't even see our, our fast-paced lives even as a problem because of what we see in culture. But we're to be set apart and holy, and that's a whole other sermon. Okay, but, but you see what I'm saying? So, so, so we have to be, we have to be, uh, unhurried, right? So, so I'm just review, right? Because you walk out of here, I just want you to be crystal clear on what I'm saying. Love the Lord with all your mind. Engage in increased awareness of knowing what the Lord has done for you, knowing how the Lord loves you, and how the Lord says this life is to be lived. And we do that by capturing, our, taking our thoughts captive, right? Those negative thoughts, those things that don't align. And we destroy them and we replace them with the word of God, right? And then we also, we make sure we live our lives at a pace that's slow enough to actually do that 
so we can become more integrated. So real quick, in conclusion, I'll just say this. So um, I talked about my wife and, and celebrating her. Um, and I, when I think about loving the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, I think my relationship with my wife is the closest personification of that. Um, so that's my story. Your story may be different. There may be someone else that, that you think about when it comes to that kind of a relationship, right? And that's okay. We can be different, right? But for me, I'm speaking for myself here, it's my wife, right? I love her with everything that I have, and, and, and my goal is, 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 to not, um, is for that to be unguarded, right? She has access to everything. So, uh, so the reality, though, is that in this relationship, um, man, uh, my wife gets on my nerves sometimes. I did. But I get on hers too, right? We get on each other's nerves. It's a two, I'm, not, I'm not about to get in trouble. Y'all not about to email me talking about my one-sided views in marriage. Uh-uh, not today. So we get on each other's nerves, right? And then also, check this out. My wife, if she wanted to, could destroy me. No, 100%. Listen to what I'm saying. Just, just follow me. My wife right now, she's about to go to a birthday party with our daughter Carrington, right? So she could leave, go to the party. She could go to our, our, our bank accounts, all the accounts. She could take all the money. She could be gone. I could come home from preaching, feeling good about myself, and, and, and the kids could be gone. Like, like she has all capacity and ability and access to take everything and leave me with nothing, Right? But, but, but I stand here before you today, I have no one ounce of fear that she's going to do that. Why is that? Because I know my wife. I know who she is. I know what we've been through. I know what she's told me. I know how she's had my back. I know her character. I know the condition of her heart. Andrea can't lie to you on a consistent basis if she wanted to. Her face would tell the whole story. Like, it just is what it is, right? So, so that's why it's hard for her to surprise me because she just can't hold it in. you got to tell me. But I know who she is. And regardless if we have arguments, regardless if we have fights, I know that my best shot of flourishing in a relationship and in a marriage is with her. I don't care what woman, I don't care who you, I don't care how you entice me, I don't care how you come at me, I know that, that you are not going to do anything to me to get between me and her. Even though she has the ability to destroy me, I know her. I, I, I've experienced her. So I know that won't happen. It's the same thing with our Lord. He may get on your nerves because he don't come through when you want him to. He don't answer your prayers. You got questions. I'm not talking about service level questions. You got deep questions about life. You done been through some stuff. Things don't make sense. And if he abandons you, you would be destroyed. Because he's the one holding all things together. You would be ruined. But yet my invitation to you is each and every day that you love him with everything that you have because he is your best shot for flourishing. Everything that causes disintegration, everything that, ex that exiles the parts of you away from your soul will leave you empty and betrayed and unfulfilled. He is the
the only one that can fulfill the void in your soul. So your best shot is to love him with everything that you have. And it starts in the mind. It's so crucial. So as we get ready to go today, I just, I just want to encourage you guys. Don't neglect the mind. Don't be, don't be lazy and, and haphazard with the things that you think about especially as you think about those that are close to you and those that you love. Because it can get down. I can't wait for Bria to talk about the heart and the will and the desire. And it can be detrimental. And it can lead to disintegration. And that's not going to lead to our flourishing. So let's stand as we get ready to go. I'll just say a quick prayer and then, and then we can be uh, dismissed. <clears throat> oh, Lord God, you are, you are so good. I just um, I think about, Lord, how you have made us in your image and you've made us in all these different ways. And um, well, I just pray for for our desires today. I pray for our will today that, that we would desire to love you with everything that we have. But I just pray that the Holy Spirit would convict us, Lord, and compel us um, to love you with our full being. And Lord, I just pray that all of us, that we show up uh, in the battlefield of our mind. Lord, that, that, that we would be aware that we would pay attention to the things that we think about and the things that cross our minds. Lord, I pray that we would desire and have a hunger and a thirst for your word and for truth. I pray that we would experience all the power that comes with it. And Lord, I just ultimately pray that, that like the scripture says, we can be renewed, that we can be more of who we are and that, that it would lead us to worship you. So, Lord, as we leave this place, may we, as we're surrounded by a world with, 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 with different appetites and different affections and different desires, may we be a, a holy people. May we be a peculiar people as we seek to be serious, Lord, about our minds. Um, and may we experience more of who we are as we experience more of you. So, Lord, we thank you, Lord. We love you. We pray all these things in your, in your son Jesus' name.